Be inspired, supported, and empowered. This is the Global Healthy Living Foundation Podcast Network. Your doctor is your consultant. Doctors are not gods. I mean, they're human beings. So go to them with information and questions and come up with a health plan for you. I think that's just the golden key right there. Welcome to The Health Advocates, a podcast that breaks down major health news of the week to help you make sense of it all. I'm Stephen Newmark, Director of Policy at the Global Healthy Living Foundation. And I'm Zoe Rothblatt, Associate Director of Community Outreach at GHLF. Our goal is to help you understand what's happening in the healthcare world to help you make informed decisions to live your best life. But before we get started, we want to be sure that everyone takes a listen to all of GHLF's great podcasts. We have so many to choose from. We sure do. And as a reminder, you can check all of our podcasts out at ghlf.org slash listen. This week, we'll give a shout out to Let's Get Personal, a new podcast that's hosted by our colleague, Dr. Daniel Hernandez. In this podcast, Daniel speaks with rheumatoid arthritis advocates about their treatment journey, you know, both the emotional and physical aspects. And what's pretty cool is Daniel also sits down with Dr. Grace Wright to hear from her about working with patients. So definitely check it out. Yeah, sounds great. And I look forward to hearing Dr. Hernandez. All right, let's start as we always do with a listener comment. Ready, Stephen? I'm ready. This one is from Lisa D, who wrote, can't get enough of this podcast. Thanks, Lisa. Well, we can't get enough of doing the podcast, so we're glad to hear that you're listening. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, Stephen, I'm excited for you to hear the interview that I had with Melissa Berry, who's the founder of Cancer Fashionista. We talked about her breast cancer diagnosis and how that sparked her to become an advocate, specifically in starting Cancer Fashionista to bridge the gap between life-saving cancer treatments and fashion, beauty, and wellness advice. So I'm really excited for you and our listeners to hear that chat. Great. I'm excited to listen. But first, we have some news updates. All right, let's dive in. Let's do it. First up is something probably not a big surprise. There is a shortage of therapists around. Yeah, so this is like coincides with the rise of anxiety and depression. We know it's been on the rise since the start of the pandemic. And obviously, that's getting worse by a shortage of mental health counselors. And, you know, this is just always concerning for our community because often chronic illness and mental health go hand in hand. And we know that many in our community still feel really isolated and left behind. So the therapist shortage is definitely impacting people with chronic illness. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you're in this situation, you know, some tips that might help, you should check out any programs that your employer or school, if you're a student, may offer as part of your benefits. You can ask your provider for recommendations. Maybe your specialist, like your rheumatologist or gastroenterologist, knows someone that they can recommend patients to. Also, there are a lot of great apps and hotlines out there now. Yeah, really good tips. And I would say overall, just, you know, remember to advocate for yourself and take care of your mental health such an important part of self-advocacy is making sure you're emotionally and mentally well. And, you know, I'll also give another shout out to our colleagues who host the Wellness Evolution podcast. There's some really great breathing breaks on there if you ever need just a moment to breathe. Yeah. In other news, open enrollment for the Marketplace Health Insurance began on November 1st. Yeah. And you can enroll to mid-January. This is, you know, the open marketplace insurance as part of the Affordable Care Act. If you go to healthcare.gov, you should be able to walk through step-by-step step and look at the different plans available. Right. Premiums are increasing this year generally, but most folks should not be affected by this higher cost because Congress passed a three-year extension of enhanced subsidies as part of the Inflation Reduction Act. 
Yeah, good point, Stephen. I remember when we talked about that in a few episodes back about the Inflation Reduction Act and what was in it to help patients. And, you know, it's cool to see it coming in reality now as open enrollment season starts, especially because insurance is so important for our community. You know, definitely things you want to look for is what is your monthly premium? What does your deductible look like? What are the copays on your medication? And, you know, definitely talk to your doctors, see if they're covered under certain plans. Right. And of course, you want to make sure that your medications are covered under any plan that you select. For sure. So, you know, our last bit of news is that ACR, the American College of Rheumatology Conference, is coming soon. You know, I'll be presenting a patient poster, and I know a bunch of people from our team are coming along. I believe you are too, Stephen. Yeah. ACR is uh, an annual meeting where rheumatology health professionals from around the world gather to share cutting-edge research and best clinical practices. Yeah. And what's really exciting is we at GHLF have a bunch of research coming out and a lot of patient perspectives, like I just mentioned. So, you know, follow along on Twitter and we'll be sure to keep you guys updated on the latest news coming from this conference and hopefully do a wrap-up on our podcast like we did for ULAR, the European conference. Great. Well, I'm excited to hear about your interview. Yeah. So like I mentioned, I spoke with Melissa Berry, founder of Cancer Fashionista, about her advocacy. Melissa is a fashion and beauty publicist with a family history of breast cancer. She also hosts the Dear Cancer, I'm Beautiful podcast, which is the first of its kind to bridge the gap between life-saving cancer treatment and fashion, beauty, and wellness advice. Welcome, Melissa, to The Health Advocates. Thank you so much, Zoe, for having me on the show. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here and for our listeners to get to know you. So tell us about Cancer Fashionista. Were you always the Cancer Fashionista? What got you started? Absolutely, Zoe. Thank you again. Uh, so I always loved fashion. I think I was probably born playing with Barbie dolls. I've always enjoyed it. I always had a passion for it as a teenager. I loved flipping through magazines. And even in high school, there was a fashion design class that I participated in and loved making the costumes for the high school musicals. And then I decided to go to Marist College where I majored in fashion design and merchandising. And that's where I really truly dove into the world of fashion. We had designer critics like Mark Jacobs and Michael Kors and Isaac Misrahi, um, who I worked with. So I really had a wonderful time in college exploring my fashionista side. And out of college, I worked as a fashion editor. I worked for a magazine at one point and I worked for some designers and then I found my home with public relations. So I became a fashion and beauty publicist and that was my, my first career. <laughs> And then where does the cancer part come into it? I'm hearing a lot about fashionista. How did you become the cancer fashionista? Absolutely. So I was having a great time with my career. I was married at the time. I have two beautiful daughters who are now young ladies now. And, uh, you know, I was busy with life. I, I was juggling career and, and raising children and, and all that. And um, my mom was like, you know, there's a lot of breast cancer in my family because my mom had breast cancer. Her mother had breast cancer. My grandma's sister had breast cancer. My grandma's sister's daughter had breast cancer. And so when I was about 32, my mom was like, look, I know you're busy. I just think it would be a good idea to get tested for the BRCA gene. And, you know, when you're the height of your career, you're raising children. Last thing you want to worry about is walking around with the idea that you are probably going to get cancer. But then I, I decided to kind of look at it from a different angle. I thought, you know what, maybe this could be a roadmap to my health. This could be my GPS to my health. So I kind of assumed that I had the gene because there's just so much family history, but there was still only a 50-50 chance. 
tests. So I did take the test and I did test positive for the BRCA gene, which meant that I was very closely monitored for many years. I had a clinical exam where they feel your breasts. I had MRI and mammograms pretty much every six months. And I was under very close watch. I had my BRCA test at 32. I was closely monitored. And then at 42, I just went for a routine mammogram. I was honestly, I was going to a hospital in New York and it was the one time that my oncologist was like, Melissa, because I live in New Jersey. He's like, you do not need to schlep into New York for your mammograms. So I went to a local hospital, which is a wonderful hospital, uh, Englewood Hospital. And they, as soon as I went in for my, not even the mammogram, it was the technician who did the clinical. What I didn't know, Zoe, is that, you know, because I went in there and they were like, well, we need to do a mammogram. And I was like, well, you know, I, I really just had an MRI. They're like, no, 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 we, we still need to do this. So the clinician actually felt a very tiny lump. It didn't even show up on the mammogram. In the same office visit, the doctor was like, you know, I see something. They did a biopsy and lo and behold, it was breast cancer. They found it in that very same office visit. Wow. Yeah, I can't even imagine you're you're going through the motions for so long of preventative care. And then all of a sudden, one day you're faced with this diagnosis. What was going through your head at that time? Honestly, it was like a very bad dream. And, you know, I'll be honest, you hear about breast cancer, the pink ribbon, all that, even as much as it was in my family, you feel like that's something that someone else gets. It's not something that you get. And it was very surreal. And I remember when they told me that I had breast cancer, I thought, it must be something else. It must be some weird mistake. And then the next day when I went for my consult, I said, well, am I going to need chemotherapy? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, is my hair going to fall out? They're like, yes. I mean, the whole thing was just, it happened so quickly. And what I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. And now I'll be honest, you know, before all this, I didn't even know there were different types of breast cancer. So I thought, well, that sounds triple bad. And, you know, luckily there's an incredible support system in place for those with triple negative breast cancer, which I'm so proud to be the board chair of now, which is the Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation. And they were incredible. So many great resources, you know, Zoom meetings and chat rooms and, and all that great stuff that they offer now. And um, thank God for that, because it's it's really a scary thing to be diagnosed with, with any kind of cancer. What was the journey like going from feeling that fear in the doctor's office and, you know, not really knowing what your future held to now be sitting on the board of this group and being a voice for cancer fashionista and, and women out there, people out there struggling with cancer and beauty? You know, it's also very surreal, Zoe. I'll be honest. If I stop and think about it, I, I never planned to be a breast cancer advocate. I never planned to have a blog about post-mastectomy bras and wigs and lashes. You know, I think sometimes the greatest ideas are born out of pure necessity. And, you know, my background was beauty and fashion PR. And when I was first diagnosed and I knew, thank God, you know, I was stage one. I was very lucky. No node involvement. It was very early stage and very treatable. And, you know, once I knew what my course of treatment was, I thought, I don't even want to look like a supermodel. How do I look like myself going to meetings, going to photo shoots? And I hit the internet and I'm like, all right, where are the wigs? Where are the lashes? Where are the post-mastectomy bras? And there was nothing in one place. And I thought, where is the vogue of breast cancer? 
because a lot of the products look like something your doctor would have made, very medicinal. And it was really hard to find these niche brands like Anna Ono Intimates, uh, who I love, uh, to do you know products that served a purpose, that were functional, but they were also beautiful where I didn't have to sacrifice my integrity. So that's really how Cancer Fashionista was born. It started with a list, a list of things that I loved that made me feel beautiful. And then my mom and then my friends would hear of someone that was diagnosed and they'd be like, where's that list? You know. And then my really good friend, Tina, who she was like my arms and legs throughout the whole thing, helping me with getting my kids to school and all that. She has a British accent. She was like, you want to start a blog? And I'm like, Tina, I can't even make dinner. I'm in the middle of chemo. Fine, I'll do it. You know, it was like a challenge. And I, I know it sounds so weird, but literally one day I just woke up and like cancer fashionista, it was just like on the tip of my tongue. It's not like I sat in a board meeting and hired people and decided to start this thing. This was just out of my own need to feel beautiful and to really maintain my integrity throughout the treatment process and beyond. That's amazing. And, you know, I can see that you're a voice for so many, especially talking about that there was nothing out there for you. And now you've created this empire, dare I say, where people who are newly diagnosed can now go online and see someone and have products that work for them, whereas you didn't. What was that like when you started noticing people looking to you as an advocate? Well, thank you for those kind words. And, you know, I don't even look at it as an empire, Zoe. I feel like it's more like a, a sisterhood. You know, I, I consider myself, you know, it's like I never had a big sister. I feel like a big sister will tell you like what to wear on the first date or like what to say on your interview. And like, you know, friends and family are awesome, but like we need the big sisters. It's been like, girl, all right, the treatment's not that bad. Yes, your hair is going to fall out, but this is what you do. You know, it's totally a different type of community, but I'm just so grateful, you know, to be able to share the resources and to be able to connect women with each other to support one another. I think it's so important. I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier that, you know, your mom had had this tough conversation with you about BRCA status and the family and breast cancer history. What advice do you have for people that are looking to have these kinds of conversations about their health with family members? It could save your life. It's really that simple, you guys. Like take the fear factor out of, oh, but I don't want to know. Listen, in the back of my mind, none of us want to know. But if you know that you have a genetic predisposition to something like breast cancer, there are so many things you can do to prevent it. So why not jump ahead of the curve? Cheat the system is how I look at it. And that goes for anything, MS, diabetes, cancer. It's incredible what they can do with genetic testing these days. So if there is something in your family that's really predominant, it cannot hurt to ask your primary care physician, you know, hey, can I get a panel done? I just want to see if I have a genetic a predisposition to something and what can I do to prevent that disease from happening? We might as well use the science to our advantage, right? Exactly. And like you're mentioning, like such a big part of advocacy is, you know, speaking up at the doctor's office and asking for those tests because the doctor may not know about your family history. And if you're having these conversations in the house, that's, you know, one part of the advocacy and then bringing it into the doctor's office and taking care of yourself in the way you did is such a tremendous part of staying healthy, being healthy and taking care of your body. Thank you for saying that. And I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I'm lucky enough to have conversations with so many incredible other advocates. And the one theme that keeps coming up, and I love this, is that your doctor is your consultant. Doctors are not gods. I mean, they're human beings. So go to them with information and questions and come up with a health plan for you. I think that's just the golden key right there. 
I love that so much. Come up with a health plan for you. That's really what it's all about. It's you and your health and your life and you should have a say in the care. So yeah, I totally agree, Melissa. Lastly, before you go, I wanted to ask you about your podcast, Dear Cancer, I'm Beautiful. Can you tell us about this podcast and where our listeners can find it? Absolutely. Uh, Dear Cancer, I'm Beautiful was definitely a a COVID idea. It was something that I always wanted to do, but it was a great time to launch it because everyone was kind of stuck at home. But there were so many of us, so many of my sister thrivers that needed the support, needed the information. So I thought to myself, you know, I'd love to create a library of information. So I talk about everything from post-mastectomy lingerie to clean beauty to bone health. I have a whole series dedicated to that. So the name of the podcast is Dear Cancer, I'm Beautiful. And then I've got a bone health series called Beautiful to the Bone. And it's been absolutely incredible because I just turned 50 last year. And it was the first time that I ever heard the words DEXA scan. I never knew how important it was to also uh, be really proactive about your bone health. We could probably have another conversation about bone health and breast cancer. It's so important. Bone health in general for anybody, men and women alike. Yeah, well, we'd love to have you on for that conversation. So I welcome that invite. Thank you, Melissa, so much for joining us today. We are so happy to have you and we loved hearing your story and all the amazing advocacy you do. Thank you so much for having me. And I forgot to mention for Dare Cancer, I'm Beautiful. You can check it out on Spotify. And then if you want to follow me, I do most of my fun on Instagram and that's at Cancer Fashionista, but I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys. And thank you for everything that you do. It's it's really such a pleasure to uh, be working with you and having these conversations here. Thank you so much. Wow. Well, that was great. So fascinating to hear from Melissa. Well, Stephen, that brings us to the close of our show. What did you learn today? Well, I learned from Melissa that advocacy comes from all different corners and from folks with all different backgrounds. So it's interesting to have someone from the fashion world who's also an advocate for patients. And I learned from Melissa the importance of knowing your family history and having these tough conversations with your loved ones. Well, we hope that you learned something too. We'd love to hear from you about your advocacy stories. Send your email to thehealthadvocates at ghlf.org or better yet, include a short video or audio clip. And who knows, whatever you share may be included in our listener feedback portion of future episodes. Also email us if you want to subscribe to our weekly newsletter where we share the top health news of the week. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to The Health Advocates, a podcast that breaks down major health news of the week to help you make sense of it all. If you like this episode, give us a rating and write a review on Apple Podcasts and hit that subscribe button wherever you listen. It'll help more people like you find us. I'm Zoe Rothblatt. I'm Stephen Newmark. We'll see you next time. Be inspired, supported, and empowered. This is the Global Healthy Living Foundation Podcast Network. Thank <laughs> you.